the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday's sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down, welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem. I feel like I was going to say, I'm your host, Emily Anchor. I mean, that's true. What's, what? I don't get the joke. I don't know. I think I'm like hearing myself talk and I'm, I'm recognizing that I have the gravelly, like a gravelly voice. I, it, Sultry. It's so, it's so annoying. Yeah. It, it just, feel, it does feel like, oh, I can put on the like a podcast voice, but. I really can't because I'm also sick and my nose is congested and this will be an interesting podcast. My, what is it, Chantreuse? 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 What are you talking about? Like Femme, femme Fatale. That's me. Yes. <laughs> um, here we are, Jim Anger, right in front of me. We're ready to postmortem your sermon. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Sunday. Yeah. How was my turkey? <laughs> it was good. Stuffing, the cranberries. The, the bonus this year was that it was not, not only turkey two ways, but turkey three ways. So I enjoyed the turkey on Thursday. Enjoyed turkey sandwiches, white bread, mayo, olives. It is a, stri- a strange concoction. And then enjoyed the... Andouille and turkey gumbo afterwards so yeah it was it was quite spectacular i was thinking about white bread as uh, this is the thanksgiving is the only time of the year that i will purchase this this is because of this strange tradition that i also somehow strangely have fallen into into eating turkey on white bread with mayo and olives and salt and pepper anger family tradition it's very strange but white bread does not taste like food like if you just eat it by itself, I had yeah. a, I had a grilled cheese also separately from the sandwich just because. Oh, with the white bread. Yeah, because Josiah just made one, and I was like, because that's another childhood memory, where like, a, a white bread grilled cheese tastes like a lot substantially better than whole wheat <laughs> bread <laughs> grilled cheese, and it's it's straight. It's very puzzling. Like it's puzzling yeah. to me that. In these two areas, turkey sandwich with olives and mayonnaise, not like a normal turkey sandwich. Like a normal turkey sandwich with just white bread would be terrible to me. Yep. And then also grilled cheese. It can't be. I I still don't think I'd like like the the Velveeta or the the sliced craft pa- pasteurized processed singles that I had in my childhood. Yep. But there is something about like buttered, toasted or grilled cheddar uh grilled cheese that was like really childhood delicious yeah kind of wanted like campbell's tomato soup with it but i don't know if you know this and this actually is not a joke but white bread (laughs) was my nickname on most of my traveling basketball teams in middle school and high school wonder why you have the wonder bread t-shirt nope (laughs) (laughs) totally disconnected (laughs) Okay, white bread. White bread finds me. That's <laughs> my see, it's my truth. Let's see if we could get people at Liberty Collingswood to start calling you white bread. 
<laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Let's think about that. White bread and Goldilocks. Mm. Um, those two things. Uh, well, we'll we'll see if we can make it kick. Um. So, so you want to talk sermon? I guess so. Where is this going? Oh, you're right. I don't have a lot of time. I don't know why I'm stalling. Um, let's go to Call It Stormy Sunday, whatever this day is. Um, mm-hmm. We're here, the, the, the sermon before Advent. Yep. Um, as you and I have mentioned or talked about previously, like, this does seem like it should be Advent this past Sunday. So tell me about that decision to, like for it to not be Advent, even though it's after Thanksgiving, Starbucks has its, like, peppermint mochas instead of pumpkin spice, like, Target already has its Christmas decorations post-Halloween. Why are we still, why are we not in Advent yet? (laughs) So just to be clear, this was not my decision for Advent (laughs) not to be this past Sunday. I feel like it was yours. (laughs) In fact, it was not. And I, I honestly don't, I assume it's like lunar cycle calendar stuff is, it's sort of like Mardi Gras and church calendar Easter. Yeah. So I, I don't know why, why it's different this year. (laughs) So why can't we be tied to marketing? I don't understand. Yeah. Merchandising. It feels like we should have been Christmas Christmas carols. predates Christmas marketing. I know that's hard to believe. (laughs) Anyway. So this is your last sermon before um, you switch modes to Advent. So yep. um, tell us about how that that felt as you were building. Yeah, so this was the, like you said last Sunday before going into Advent, in some ways not ideally spaced out. So Josh Postlewaite, or Pastor Lintern, was the one M that made our sermon calendar and text schedule for so the you're fall. You're saying I should blame Josh. The, <laughs> no, in fact, the opposite, because I forget which previous sermon over the past few weeks it was. I divided a sermon text where what he had is one larger piece of Colossians 1 and Colossians 2. I subdivided, which bumped the sermons back a week. So uh-huh. Josh's original idea was last Sunday before Advent was going to be the conclusion of Paul's introduction to Colossians, but I ended up preaching two Sundays ago. Instead, (laughs) it was this. Perfect. (laughs) And the the whole idea and what I was thinking about pondering before we go more specifically into the text Mm -hmm. was this idea that Christianity, the gospel, is eminently practical Mm -hmm. at effects. And this is where... Paul goes in the sermon text, Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it affects how we walk. It affects our walk. It's what you're you're setting up to say that the whole of Colossians is basically this too, that all of Colossians now is this. Yep. So long, long long-winded introduction by Paul. I'm glad that I've never myself given a long-winded sermon introduction. I'm I'm known for super tight, short intros. I don't know if you know that with my sermons. But then... This is getting in, getting into the meat. Paul is introing just to see. And why don't we go ahead and go to Presence of the Lord Sun Studios. Go for it. The, in one verse, Paul, Janice-like, summarizes and then casts vision. Summarizes what what's before. Janice, the ancient Roman god. Oh, yeah, because all of, of us were thinking that. <laughs> endings and beginnings. Fair. Okay. Raise your hand, folks. How many of you got that reference? <laughs> J-A-N-U-S. Yeah. 
in 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 Latin J's are uh, sometimes not pronounced. <laughs> I'll keep going. Okay, that's high school gym. There we go. <laughs> With the high the, school gym potty talk humor. <laughs> but she laughed. Okay, so Philippians two. So summarizing and then looking ahead, all in the space of one verse. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Wait, no. Uh, that was Philippians 2. Therefore, <laughs> <laughs> wrong piece of paper. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. That's first part of the letter, the introduction, as you received Christ. That's what Paul has spent his time talking about. Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him that's the application section of the book that he's jumping into and paul's going to go area by area through different aspects of the colossian heresy or the colossian error he'll get into how this works out in household relations just kind of works as as the yeast that works its way through the whole white bread (laughs) the walk affects every aspect of our lives so yeah uh paul is a skillful writer, including here. And then you you didn't read up up to the last phrase, abounding in Thanksgiving, which I thought would be like a a shoe in Thanksgiving reference, but but alas. Oh, you mean on Sunday or just now? Just now. Yeah. No. Nope. But also on Sunday, you didn't mention Thanksgiving. <laughs> did you? Uh, I actually forgot. Actually, so so I did at one point say bookend the holidays. So how do you start walking? Give thanks, and then also let Advent give you some footholds as far as Christian disciplines. When I was talking about giving thanks, I had meant to say, as Paul says at the end of our sermon text. Happy Thanksgiving. Colossians 2.7, abounding in Thanksgiving. But I, I forgot. Missed it. I missed it. No, no, yeah. None of us were thankful anyway. So. <laughs> the, pitch was, um, the pitch was coming right down the pipe, but then I just let it go I by. Know, instead, you just mentioned Turducken a hundred times. <laughs> The glorious bird, the bird of birds. Okay, so what really else? the birds there of birds. There's nothing in this text that's particularly cha- challenging, right? Like, yep. We're not going to say like we we have a problem with um, with abounding in Thanksgiving. So yeah. So so what what the what this did give me opportunity to do um, was spend a little more time thinking about the the image and the, so at a couple different points in the sermon I teased out the implications of what walking looks like and realistically speaking there's any number of words or images that Paul could have used to summarize and encapsulate all of the Christian life Mm -hmm. but he specifically chose walk what does that specific image connote as we think through I know I was really annoyed actually like walking like okay well yeah I get it we it's hard to walk. <laughs> yeah, so hopelessly ableist of me. But how was physical therapy, by the way? You just got back from that. Your first PT ever. Uh, I, like, I haven't even asked. Some young guy named Jesse. It's like, okay. 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 He was like, oh, I'm, you're doing so much better than I thought you would be. Like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, young guy. <laughs> was that because you looked at my, like, age and... <laughs> Just assumed. I, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy being treated like an older person now. <laughs> I, it, that itself does not get old. So, yeah, walking. Interesting. And this is something that I could have talked about on Sunday, but for the sake of time, didn't. Uh, most 
common contemporary English translations will, when, when we see this word in the New Testament used in this way, they'll translate it. Li so literally the word is walk in the ancient Greek as it comes to us from the Hebrew before that, halak. But most contemporary English translations will simply translate it as live. Uh, but the English Standard Version, the version that I prefer to use for preaching, chooses not to give the more conceptual translation, live. I mean, Paul is not literally talking about one foot in front of the other, as that's all you need to do with, with Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, a Christ-centered, peripatetic nature, but instead live. Uh, live. Uh, I like the ESV's preference to keep the more literal translation which I think encourages us to think through the metaphor a little bit more. Right. So, so if it's so live in Jesus, I think it's easy enough to know what Paul is talking about, but then it becomes more abstract and a little more vague. Mm -hmm. I don't think people have no idea what Paul is talking about when he says walk in Jesus. Right, right. But then walk gives you a little more texture in mm -hmm. it, and yeah. it is a little more practical sounding that word. our brains like metaphor. Yeah, right? like, creative yeah. people. Actually, that's one of the one of the big jokes about Survivor and Jeff Jeff Probst is that he's always asking survivors to like use metaphors to like how is like how is Survivor like being a orthopedic surgeon? Oh, okay. <laughs> like regularly, regularly fishes for metaphors. That's <laughs> that may funny. or may not actually resonate. Right. But um, yeah, it's, I I agree that so walk in him. Uh, resonates more than so live in him. Yeah, and it also connects, if we could do it just a second, of biblical theology. Uh, that's how the Psalter, for example, begins. Blessed is the man, or blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor sits in the, sit, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, scoffers etc. And then walking is all over the book of Proverbs mm -hmm. as a central metaphor for being a follower of Yahweh, right. the one true God. And Paul, in multiple places in his writing, for example, keeps that keeps that imagery. So keep in step with the Spirit, uh, Paul says, and walking here. So it, I think it. He's not I think in, it unintentionally does, exactly. Using it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So make, it makes sense to me that that it be translated this way, and that hopefully it gives some food for thought for us as far as practically living out the 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 Christian walk, and and even in some. I don't know, Christian culture circles, uh, it's retained. How's your walk? Mm -hmm. At least in some churches, I don't know, Liberty Collinswood, maybe. People will know what you're asking there. Yeah. It's how are you doing following Jesus, practically speaking. Right. right, for sure. So muddying the water, so moving to that, what are you trying to do here with um, challenging us just to walk with Jesus? Most of the muddying the waters consisted in considering alternatives. So walking in Jesus, a couple of alternatives. One is just not bothering to connect the dots of Christian living to everyday life. And that was in the sermon introduction, I was contrasting Christian view of ethics with uh, my philosophy professor in class where utilitarian ethics that I was trying to compare and contrast in this paper do you think I would was, have liked college gym? <laughs> well, it was a mixed report at the time, so who can who, who can say in gym retrospect? Who thought he was so smart. <laughs> this this 
particular class was one when I was in Scotland. So oh, that, that, that was jun- so. junior fall. So we were not communicating for reasons that still remain obscure to me <laughs> at that point for two people so deeply in love. So was it a Dartmouth a Dartmouth professor from Hanover or was it a professor from... It was, it was the Dartmouth professor that came with us, who was, who was also the chair of the philosophy Ooh. department. Head to head. He won. <laughs> but... Yeah, the whole idea of being challenged to articulate a Christian ethic because it really does involve everything, not just the big moral dilemmas or decisions, Mm -hmm. but brushing teeth, doing dishes, all that stuff. And then... Did you tell him you were, like, going to uh, the Presbyterian church, the free church? He knew that, yeah. like, experiencing free church life? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was nonplussed by it. No, I know. I just... It is, like, an interesting um, college gym... Or even just, it, it, like, the training of having experienced living in a very serious um, free church uh, situation, who like, people who treated scripture and treated yeah. the Sabbath, like, extremely seriously. Yeah. Um, so, Helen was, if you've heard me talk about that church and experience in Scotland, this, this was the Sabbatarian church, very strict about Sunday Sabbath observance, and super serious when it comes to following Jesus, respecting the scriptures, all that stuff. While that was part of my experience, I was getting hammered by this philosophy (laughs) professor all the time. And it was the same, same gym, same period. And your girlfriend wouldn't talk to you. And my girlfriend wouldn't talk to me. (laughs) As I told people that I was in a serious relationship and they're like, oh, how's she doing? And I'm like, I have no idea. They're like, so you don't want to be set up with this other person? And I'm like, "Uh, no, because I'm in a serious relationship. And they're like, but she's not talking to you. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> That's me. So strange. <laughs> Who knows? It was a funny time. Yeah, so 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 one one set of alternatives is just not getting practical with your set of beliefs. And that's why Christianity is hard, but also deeply satisfying. And if this really is the story of the world and the bottom line of life, the universe, and everything, of course it's gonna affect all of my life. I after, so you came from physical therapy. I came from a Tuesday afternoon meeting with Angel Garcia, mm-hmm. our new associate pastor, assistant pastor of Go Angel Mary. discipleship, and talking with Angel about his vision, hopes for structuring out discipleship at Liberty Collingswood in a sure. more intentional way. I, I said, hey, you don't have to do this, but at least keep in mind that if you wanted to find connection points with what we're already doing, and there's multiple, it doesn't have to be this. But Colossians is a big one yeah. this year. If Jesus is everything and it affects everything, mm-hmm. discipleship sure. is a functional synonym for what Paul is talking about when he says, so walk in Jesus. So that that's one set of alternatives there. And then at a couple different points, one was alternative to walking in Jesus is just walking in ourselves. So mm-hmm. the, the idea of at one point floating in ourselves and then the other hand rooted in ourselves, which are pretty similar to one another. They're not right. completely different ideas, but we're always walking in something, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, the angel was asking me, what was the weather like in the summertime in New Orleans growing up? Uh, and I, very humid. And so when you walk in a superhuman environment, you're, you're actually floating. aware <laughs> you're floating. <laughs> Yeah, and and it you feel the heaviness of the air around you, so so you're aware that you're walking in something uh, similar. As I was 
walking to staff meeting from our house, it was windy. So I was aware that I was walking in wind. You're always walking in something. And let's be eyes wide open about what we're walking in. Are we walking in Jesus? And most of the time, we're not aware of what we're walking in, so to speak. And that's just a lot of floating around in self, which I think is something that both Christians and non-Christians do most of the time. Not particularly malignant or heinous, Uh but it's also not a focused walk in Jesus at the same time. Right. So you were mentioning things like like walking in Jesus while doing dishes, while texting friends, while yeah. I, I wanted you to tease this out. Like how do you how do you do how do you walk in Jesus while you're doing dishes? And you do do, do dishes. I'm not that was just for the listener. Like actually, Jim does do almost all the dishes. Well, so. speaking from pla- from practical experience, I always do dishes with a deep sense of thanksgiving to my family for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it's like <laughs> well uh so doing dishes that that's being facetious yeah. but at the same it it at in connection with that doing dishes with some level of awareness that I'm living out the contours of Jesus service to us into the world as I serve our family in in this way so what might seem like a meaningless task has meaning as I understand the Jesus shape of, of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make every instance of washing dishes profound in joy giving, but it at least gives some direction to it, okay. which, which does give some, some kind of anchor. So doing dishes is not just doing dishes. Fair enough. Um, and then at the end, I, I tagged this as like, okay, we're, I'm going to need to like have Jim spell this out for us during the podcast. That's but why we're here. You were at the end, you were talking about this concept that like you become who you already are, which I, yeah. I definitely get. I think resonates. I, I also get what you're going to say, like what I'm going to ask you about, but I feel like when you're talking about the imperative, um, the indicative and the imperative in- indicative. Yeah. I feel like that's like quoting uh, the Junus, Judas, whatever, the god of whatever. Okay, because like imperative, imperative versus indicative, I've heard you talk about it before. I understand it, but like I, I, it does seem like like there's a like couple like... Too well, esoteric? It's, or? It does seem esoteric, and... I am not entirely convinced that other people heard it and understood it. So, number one, you could defend, like, why you're using it. Number two, like, just explain it now. <laughs> we might as well. Yeah, well, I, and it's possible that I didn't explain it well, so I don't, I have nothing to defend if I could, if I could do better there. But speaking of Roman gods and Roman religion, let's go back there uh-huh. to, for, for, for an accessible explanation. I, I have mentioned in sermons before that one of the mottos connected with Roman religion, it's Greco-Roman, Percy Jackson stuff, do utes, one says to the gods, I give so that you may give. And the whole idea of the religious social economy was there are gods that I inherently don't please, and that that is a point of connection with Christianity. But how do I get back on the God side? I need to do a lot of things and work hard for them. Mm-hmm. And so in that sort of performance mentality system, and I think a lot of religions are this way, and otherwise, 
the imperative precedes the indicative. So I have to do stuff. The gods command me to do stuff. I have to live out the gods imperative so that I can be the one that has received, that right. is given status and blessing in mm -hmm. the indicative sense. And imperative and indicative itself are English grammar words that, mm -hmm. that do they even may not teach be. English grammar these days? No, they do not. The, so, yeah, our, and our functional mindset, even for followers of Jesus, we can have that do ut des mindset where, hey, God's not going to be happy with me unless I do more for him. I need to do more so that I can get back on Jesus' good side. Mm -hmm. The good news in the gospel is that we're never going to get back, the good news and the bad news, mm -hmm. we're never going to get back on the good side in ourselves that's the whole point of the cross, where Jesus made satisfaction for us in himself and his body and rose again to cancel the debt of our sin. So it's Jesus indicative, what he's, do what he's done. And so we do, we do stuff, not so that we can curry God's favor, but because it's already been granted. So because what we are, or become what you are, carries the idea of you don't have to do a ton of things to achieve something different, but because, because you, you already, already are loved, cared for, forgiven, therefore you you act in 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 certain ways, mm -hmm. which which turns a lot of things on it on its head, including and this would have gone too far afield, uh, the old existentialist sermon. So Sartre Camus is being is becoming, um, where you're always becoming who you are. Uh, instead, it's be who you are which is slightly different at the same time so mm -hmm. yeah no so i i like it as a concept i think it's definitely present i i just i do question using imperative versus indicative but yeah i th that's fair game to me like i could be wrong maybe maybe your, your audience actually well, that's good things for that's good things for me to think about if there are more accessible ways that i could explain that but that whole indicative imperative balance is captured in therefore as you received Christ Jesus the Lord that's the indicative so walk in him mm -hmm. is imperative or when Paul talks in Philippians about how we're called to work out our salvation with fear and, and trembling and oh but that's the command the imperative but then the indicative in this case is God's working in you to mm -hmm. please him so there, there, there's grace every step of the way, nice. and and that's why Christ, that's one of the ways in which Christian ethics is different from the brand X's out there. From my philosophy professor, really good guy, also really quirky. I have a couple stories about him. Love the quirky that, that I can't can't share on this podcast. He, oh. <laughs> he 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 would come out there. There was a Scottish pub in Edinburgh that had. A version of billiards called snooker, which was a much larger table than a standard billiards table, and therefore more difficult game. The balls were smaller, the table was bigger, uh -huh. and it just took forever. Oh, yeah. And snooker. we were all all the students were bad at it, but our professor, Professor Walter, was just this expert snooker player. So, awesome. so so he he drinks Scottish ales, and. Tell us more. Tell us snooker. more than he should have told us. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I got dirt. Oh, to be a college. Um, <laughs> moving. Can we move to bar band cover tunes? Sure. I feel like I don't I'm, have a whole lot. I, I'm running out of time, right? Yeah. So, um, Turducken, it was my the big one. But yep. I was kind of wondering, like, where is Turducken from? 
uh, read the book that I gave you. Is it really from New Orleans? There, there's a chapter on turducken and the New Orleans cuisine well, book. Well, what does the New Orleans cuisine say about where turducken is from? I think, I think it's from Cajun, Louisiana. That's why, like, I... I mean, that's the only Paul context Prudhomme, in which Kate I Paul's have Kitchen. heard of it. But then yeah. I was in South Philly, like, this right. this summer I saw a turducken. And I was like, oh. So <laughs> it, it, how, how did tur- turducken come on the <coughs> national consciousness? I think it came through football former coach and then commentator John Madden, who, who <laughs> loved turducken. why it's in South Philly. And, and then <laughs> in Thanksgiving broad, football Thanksgiving broadcasts for a, a ton of years, this uh-huh. was... 70s 80s 90s he would be served turducken in the booth that's hilarious on thanksgiving okay, and so i think that's the, what so that genuinely would be why it's in the italian market like yeah i think i think the connection would be how do you get from cajun louisiana to john madden to to the italian to south market. philly yeah. yeah okay all right that explains that um got anything else uh, we didn't have any reflection quotes this week, really. I mentioned Philippians 2. Gave a, I, I did not see many looks of recognition <coughs> when I mentioned Monty Python's Ministry of Funny Walks. You're getting old. Yeah. Monty and Python really hasn't bridged to the next generation, as far as I can I tell. I don't think so. Um, and I was, I was wondering, like, do you remember any of our kids first steps like just like discreetly specifically them like i have them kind of blurred like i remember the process yeah. i don't remember like any specific incidents am i like forgetting i something? don't but that actually comports with what i was saying on sunday a little bit where oh was was this sermon where i talked about michael born in the bathroom no that was, no, that was previous one parents of young kid Unless or your kid is born in the bathroom. It's, it, 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 it's very possible <laughs> that parents besides us do ha- do have very specific, distinct memories of the first step. Uh-huh. Let, let's give ourselves a pass here and say the reason we don't have super distinct memories of it is because first it. steps are not not that. Uh, <laughs> first steps are not discrete entities. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's not you're never... You're not ambulatory, but then you take a first step. Yeah. So, so, so there's all these intermediate. intermediate it, it's a gradual process where baby pulls to standing, mm-hmm. and then baby occasionally will release hands from whatever baby pulled to standing, and then there's little little shuffling, and yeah, 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 yeah. and so. So I am like I feel like as I we're talking about it, the one that's the most most distinctive is that I said that Micah walked, Micah came early, like, in the bathroom, and then Micah walked at age nine months, which is, like, you know, three months ahead of schedule for most kids. Yeah. And then he, like, ran the marathon two years ago. But I kind of remember being at the borrowed house, the house we had in between owning, and I feel like it was at the borrowed house that he, like, learned, or he took his first steps because there was carpet there. Right. Like, our previous... We living had situation hardwood had been hardwood. In Philly. and so like i don't know intuitively he knew like if he fell it would be carpet i don't know a strange like kid but i do feel like i remember him pulling like these empty cabinets because we were living in somewhat someone very kindly graciously um lent us a uh empty house we could stay rent free right in a house while, while we, we were, were waiting for in. yeah um to our, right a real house to emerge and so I just remember these like white cabinets that he like opened and yeah, 
Anyway, go, Micah. Good, good, good memories there. <laughs> our little guy Flashback. was was fast. Um, yeah, good stuff. I I don't know. I like our your quotes. I don't know why you didn't throw in more this week. Disappointed in you. Didn't happen. Who knows? Um, but I'm glad you like my quotes. That's, I'll, I'll remember that next time. Any leftovers? That's all we got. Looking forward to Servant Songs of Isaiah starting starting this Sunday. Just put a complete draft together of the sermon from Isaiah 42, 1 through 4 to kick off the series. And then Sunday after this, enough Jim. Let's get Angel in here. Ooh. Isaiah 49. It's going to be great. Sounds good. Okay, uh, and with that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post Sunday Blues, a preaching postmortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre Sunday happy. Mm-hmm.